0: About chicken king, mango and garbanzo, tiburis, potatoes and vegetables with roasted garlic and basil, Zucchini eating granola, fruit bar. Yeah, Look man. at all this beautiful food, mm. guys! Welcome to Green Eggs and Dan, where I interview amazing people with amazing minds, but all I care about is what is in their fridge. My guest today, she is a TV writer, a cartoon voiceover actor, and an author. Jen Spiro writes for The Late Show with Stephen Colbert, and she plays the intro voice of The Late Show. And she plays the voice of Hillary Clinton and Jill Biden on Showtime's Animated Arc Cartoon President. She writes for The New Yorker and McSweeney's. She's very, very highbrow, very (laughs) highbrow. And she just came out with a hilarious new book that all the kids are talking about. It's called Big Time. Welcome to the show, Jen.
1: Thank you so much for having me. And I should say that I actually, I don't, I left Colbert to write the book, so I'm not there right now. So I shouldn't try to pass it off like I am.
0: Yes. But you went, you did what you had to do there.
1: I did. I did. I I did it. I loved it. And I still am their announcer. So I'm in the family.
0: (laughs) Oh, you're still the announcer.
1: Yes. It's like the sweetest gig. Yeah.
0: Now you just picked up an apple as if you were just going to start chomping on an apple. (laughs)
1: Oh, I didn't see the, I know. I thought that I was like, I can't, that's for later. (laughs) That's my carrot for later.
0: Are you an apple person? What kind of apple was that
1: i'm a fuji Uh, this is a fuji that's a fuji okay and that and it it did take me a while to like straight up it it was always rolling the dice it was like which one do i like which one's good i love a fuji it's really sweet um and i have one every morning
0: you know i still don't know what my favorite apple is and there's so many it's like you said it's like russian roulette there's the mealy ones with which who goes for the mealy ones Who's like that's well, no one that's does. my flavor profile. I want I want mealy and and sweet. Like it ruins your whole week. It's disgusting. Yeah, no, it's horrible. I feel like the one that a lot of the a lot of everyone's talking about is like, is it called like Lady something? Pink Lady? Pink Lady? Pink
1: Lady and Honey Crisp yes. are are definitely they dominate. They're they're not as sweet as a Fuji. I straight up. Kind of like a Red Delicious. And that's something I can't even say. Whoa. I cannot say that out loud. Yeah. Except for, yeah.
0: You're, da- you're dating yourself. <laughs> you're dating yourself by saying that.
1: You're right. Dating myself. And it's also, it's like, it's so, it has no. It just has no um, cool flair, but yeah, you know what? I really do encourage you. But maybe you're not an apple guy. It's just that to know and to go to your section in the store with confidence, mm. it just it feels really good. I
0: love the uh, Granny Smith.
1: Okay, so I'm I'm picking up things about you, and you don't you're don't you don't love the sweet, and you don't need the sweet because that's like straight up sour.
0: It's straight up sour. I just I that's actually sour. it's so different, and I just kind of like that. It's like. I'm gonna stick out and but the name is like very traditional, like granny, isn't it? Like <laughs> it's, right. it's a sour grandma. <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> You're right. Uh, yeah, I love that it's granny and it does seem to it's one very specific flavor of
0: granny. Yeah, it's not there aren't a lot of other fruits that have such a polarizing you know, addition to the palette that is, you know, like there isn't like a watermelon, you know, that's just like a shitty sour one. And they're like, ah, oh, this is so, grandpa, grandpa Johnson watermelon. You're
1: so right. You're so right. You're right. It is really weird to think of a watermelon being like uncle Bobby. And it's like, that's very, that's very weird. You're right. But we just accept it because we're familiar
0: with it. We are familiar with it. Okay. So I uh, we're about to go into your fridge, which everyone can see the fridge yeah. on my Instagram at standupdan. We're putting it on blast. I'm going to share our screen right now so that we can both take a look at this.
1: I know. I'm actually, listen, I took you really seriously. You said don't stage it. I did. And so I didn't stage it. And I'm, and I really am yeah. very, re- I'm ashamed. You should be
0: regretting that that decision right about now.
1: I really now. am. I really- am <laughs> no,
0: it's not it's not awful it's actually a it's actually a pretty good fridge so so <laughs> there's a couple of exciting things here all the way on the top like in the <laughs> in the in the in the spotlight of the fridge <laughs> is like an enormous tub of costco uh, costco size hellman's uh, real mayonnaise yes
1: yes Dan. this is a staple yes. huh <laughs> Oh, it is such a staple. The only thing that sucks about this one is that you can't get, I can't, I can't find the jars that are glass. And so I have to get these plastic tubs and that it's, it's a plastic tub it feels so icky, but I wish it was glass, but I love Hellman's Real Mayonnaise a lot. And yep, that's always in there. That's for
0: damn sure. You know, there is something really gross about when you put your knife or your spoon inside a plastic tub of mayonnaise and it's like dragging on the plastic side and with that (laughs) gloopy kind of sound, like it's, it's, it's misophonia, it's misophonia inducing.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You're so freaking right. I, 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 just try to like, I just tune that out really hard.
0: Have you ever tried to make your own mayonnaise?
1: Oh God, no. no. But that sounds, that's, have you?
0: Yeah. It's. It's amazing. It'll change the way you think about mayonnaise. It's delicious. You can use good oil. If you use an olive oil, it has like a fun little olive oil tang to it.
1: Oh, my God. That's uh, you're making me kind of want to
0: do that. I mean, it is sort of annoying and I fuck it up. I'd say like I fuck it up half of the times that I try to do it and then I just waste a bunch of eggs. Which yeah. but um when it comes out right, it's really it's pretty fun. Wow. And it's, and, it's never yeah. as thick either. It's a little more runny, mm. it's a little more mm-hmm. mustardy, but it's got a lot more flavor. Mm. I don't know. I kinda I like it.
1: That's really cool. That's really cool that you've done that actually.
0: I'm so cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm seeing a lot of preserves. You're like a big preserve person. Yeah. This yeah. is again, you know. again, dating yourself. <laughs>
1: Seriously? No. Okay. So those preserves, they were definitely, they were a, the the ones on the top yeah. present, a holiday present. So that's literally, you know, from the holiday time. Okay. Um, but I'm just really big into yogurt. Wait, which
0: holiday? Which holiday?
1: I really think that was like Christmas okay. time. Okay. Okay. But uh, yeah, not, um, yeah, not one of the recent Jewish holidays, but uh, I, I, I do yogurt, full fat yogurt with jams. That's a big big thing.
0: Oh, cool. You mix them in together like a little part. Don't even mix
1: it. Put it like I just do a huge like glop of the, the jam on top. And then um, it, there will be actually when I was I haven't done this in a little while, but it was a huge quarantine thing for a while. It was like nuts, like like walnuts and, and almonds and orange rind and lemon and thyme. And you cut up dates and apricot and then you just like put it in the oven and and so much olive oil. And then, and then that shit would be my, like, wasn't even granola. It's so much worse for you than it's like, it's probably the most, like the most caloric thing you could eat, you know, but really, really good on that, on the cold. That
0: sounds amazing. That sounds like, yeah.
1: Barry's little sister, Susie, who you must know, Dan.
0: Yes, I do. I love Susie Weiss.
1: Yes. Oh my God. I love Susie too. Um, Susie taught this to me and I just like, I ran with it. She made it once. I was like, it was instantly incorporated
0: it's very like how i imagine like a homesteader in alaska would 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 feed himself as before he'd go out and you know get some wood for for the deck that he was trying to build
1: exactly and it's all he would eat for three days he would just have a like a, he would like put fill his pocket with it and then he could go out and do something for three days yeah so that's the problem is that it feels so healthy and elevated right but it's like it's just it's probably all the calories you need for a day but it's really good.
0: <laughs> and then you have the bon maman over here.
1: I do have the bon maman and that is lemon curd and I'm ashamed of that because the lemon curd that I try to buy if I can find it is the tip tree which is fancier, it's going to be in your fancier store. This totally does the job um and lemon curd is just like when I found out you could it's just so good.
0: I can't believe I'm going to say this as a host of a food podcast. I don't know what lemon curd is.
1: Oh, it's 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 like okay. I, it's, it's funny. Cause there's, we were just talking about mayonnaise and there's so much egg yolk in it. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's like, um, it's not a jam and it's not a sauce. Cause it's a little too thick to be a sauce, but it's almost like if like there were like a lemon sauce for ice cream mm. uh, indeed. And you could put it on ice cream and people do it. It's it, it, actually, that is basically what it is. It's wow. a desserty, And you know, I mean, I discovered it cause I love high tea. And so usually it's like, they give you clotted cream and they give you lemon curd.
0: You love high tea. I love how you just oh. kind of slip that in there. When I said high brow, oh, I knew what I was talking about.
1: <laughs> oh, Dan. I mean, well, it's I, I'm one of those people I like. I love buffets. And, yeah. and high tea is a little buffet where I can go between the savory and the sweet. And I... I like to be able to... I also like all the control. Wait,
0: hold on. Now you're an aristocrat (laughs) trying to be like one of the common people. It'd be like, it's (laughs) it's like a buffet, but for tea and little finger sandwiches.
1: (laughs) You're you're so... You're right. You're right. That is kind of like fake um, commoner. But like basically, I just like... Like, it's not a coursed out meal. They give it to, it's like if you ordered your four, cor- your three courses of a meal at once, and I can toggle between dessert, appetizer, main. Yeah. I like to control
0: the toggle. I like that. I get that. I actually love high tea. I go probably once a year, I take my mom for Mother's yeah. Day. It's a Mother's Day thing.
1: Oh, Dan, in in LA?
0: No, in New York. If I if I'm in New York, oh. if I'm if I'm in New York, she'll get some high tea. Where? We did it at the Plaza once.
1: Oh, that's so sweet.
0: I think we did it at the I don't know, every hotel has their fun little high tea.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they do. It
0: is really fun. It's really expensive, but it's a once a year thing. You're doing it for mom.
1: Right. Do you, it's really
0: sweet. You go by yourself or do you go with a, with, with a crew? Or You
1: know, I'm almost at the point, I've never gone alone. I'm almost at the point where I could. Uh, I actually hate how it's so much of like, it is so sort of like fancy and like it's supposed to be special because for me, it's not special. It's like straight oh. up, like I want this for my lunch and so I want to do this and I rope in, I have like a lot of different friends that basically get slotted in because I just need to fill this need. And so I will slot my friends in to go with me.
0: I'm actually loving this and I'll tell you why. I think it makes a ton of sense. I'm not a brunch guy. I think brunch is a waste of a meal. I think it's mostly like just eggs for fucking 18 bucks because they put a little shaved asparagus on top. But I do think high tea is special. And at the end of the day, I think there was a restaurant where you live in Manhattan. Or in, in the city in New York. And
1: normally, normally I normally I live on the Upper West Side, and right now I'm in Savannah. It's where we've been hiding out during COVID.
0: Savannah, Georgia. Savannah, Georgia. Oh my God, I love that. We'll get into that in a minute. Oh, it's a great food town. Oh. But there was a restaurant close to where I lived in the West Village called Tea and Sympathy, which was.
1: Oh yeah.
0: It was kind of a. It was like. It was high tea without all the fuss.
1: You're absolutely right. Yeah, I've I've definitely gone there and done it there. I actually go to, I don't know if it's still open, but their British import store right next door is where I go to get elderflower syrup or whatever. It's something that they have. It's like all over England and it's just like so good in ginger ale. But no, tea and sympathy, you're right. It's like you can go in, it's no big. The only thing is, I don't want to shit on it, but I just didn't find it to be... They almost went a little too hard with this is no big deal.
0: Yes. Yes, I feel the same way.
1: And I'm like sorry. Yeah, okay, great.
0: I'm with you 100%. Like like uh gussy it up a little bit.
1: Just a little bit. And yeah. Yeah.
0: I don't need hip- yeah. hipster service with my <laughs> with my high tea.
1: No, it's almost like they were so high on the idea that it's so that it's like so authentically kind of British and they don't care that they went they went too far in that direction and they don't they didn't deliver enough for me.
0: Split the difference, guys. Split the difference.
1: Thank you. I hope they're listening.
0: Did you hear the bon maman Holocaust thing that just happened? I
1: oh my God, tell me, no, <laughs> this is so promising. Tell me. Okay. What. So
0: I I always <laughs> used to shit on bon maman because I was like, you know, it's made in a factory, but they like to try to make it look like, you know, you bought it at a farmer's <laughs> market in Lyon. <laughs> like it's just like you know the font and the everything is just like so like artisanal but i was like this is a fucking this is made in a factory in like patterson or something anyway they like some story came out and it started like it was like really spreading like wildfire on like jewish twitter and it was like did you know that the family that started bon maman was hiding jews and like, I was like, this is sounds sounds like the craziest marketing campaign <laughs> that I've ever heard. Seriously. And I started looking into it, and it's like I was like, this sounds, you know, it was like being posted by like a lot of the people in my world who post like fake Jewish stuff. Like, did yeah. you know that the the Jews uh, invented uh, the violin? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> So anyway, I started looking into it. And then it was like, apparently the town where Bon Maman was started in France was known for... Someone there was hiding Jews, but they're not sure if they could trace it to the Bon Maman people. But Bon Maman, the company, wasn't commenting on it. So I think they were like, "Uh, this totally didn't happen, but we will totally take this press.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That is the weirdest... I. That is amazing. I I've never heard such a weird like way to like make a brand. That is to like enhance a brand. That's insane.
0: I just wish I could have been in the meeting with the new ad agency that they hired, and they're like, okay, you guys, we're gonna we're thinking real outside of the box here.
1: <laughs> Seriously, but then it's like, yeah, like they they hid the Jews, and then they like started, and then the Jews disappeared, and they started hiding. I mean, I feel like it's like hiding the Jews in the jam, or there's <laughs> something about. <gasps> you know, that was their secret recipe. Yeah,
0: like, I don't know. Like, or insane. maybe like I... the Jews in that town were known for their preserves. So they, they, that's why, yes, yes, the word preserves came because they were preserving the Jews, and so they use it as a code word. I don't know. You're
1: blowing my mind that it's actually a French company. I mean, I thought just like you. I, I know. Was like, I would never think it was actually a French company. That's insane.
0: <laughs> that, was, that was my big takeaway from it, too. It was not like they protected Jews. It was like, oh, wait, they're actually French?
1: <laughs> That's shocking. That's shocking.
0: On your top row here, you've got three. You've got three yogurts that the labels facing inward, as if like you're like I don't want to promote this company. I tried to get a sponsorship and they just wouldn't sponsor me. I'm guessing. So, let me take yep. a guess. Is it Siggy's? Yeah. Uh, it looks a little Siggy. Yeah, it is. Those, those
1: two, well, those two on the bottom are Siggy's, and then the top one is something different.
0: I mean, I'm kind of impressed that I I could tell by the nutritional Actually, information part of the I, label. <laughs>
1: That is really, really good. You, yeah, it was just the shape. So you know about Siggy's.
0: I like Siggy's yogurt, but it—I mean—it tastes like spackle.
1: Yeah, to be honest, those aren't for me. Those are my husband's. I don't fuck with Siggy's.
0: You don't fuck with Siggy's. Oh yeah, really you do. Don't. You do the full fat. I'm with you.
1: Yeah, I do the full fat.
0: Is this yours? The Faya that's sneaking here.
1: <laughs> that actually, I know because that's the huge tub that is my husband's. Because he does zero percent, which is he says he doesn't. He doesn't notice the taste, which is insane to me. But. What? Yeah, actually, no, I don't even, my yogurt right now is Noosa.
0: What's that? Oh, it's wait, that, N-O-O-S-A, yeah. right?
1: N O O N O O S A, exactly. It's like, it's fake Australian. They say it's like Australian style, but then it says it's definitely not from Australia.
0: Oh, my God, it's the Bon Maman of Australia.
1: Seriously. Oh, my God. <laughs> it, yeah. <laughs>
0: Um, exactly your row your second row here is like an it's like an ode to the chicken you've got the chicken eggs here you've got the chicken flesh here it's like this is where all all the chicken parts go
1: that's right and it's it's like there's yeah there's definitely eggs there there's eggs that you can't see on the side I mean I think my husband just eats eggs constantly and eggs are huge and chicken breasts I mean, he 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 wants to get into that more. He used to be with a trainer, and they they really made him pound those.
0: I was just gonna say, is he like a workout guy? Because everything you're saying to me, like non-fat yogurt, like the the boring <laughs> so parts right. of chicken, like chicken you're breast so right. and eggs. Yeah. I, I'm sensing, I, you didn't you didn't peg me as someone who'd be with like a, a muscle head.
1: <laughs> I know, no, it's well, all of this is at my encouragement. Like it, he is, I mean, since since the pandemic. He was working out with a trainer when we were in New York, since we've been in Savannah, he does it himself, but he, the trainer was really influential for him. This adorable sweet kid named Kevin at New York sports club. And Thomas, my husband like learned all this stuff that he didn't know that I was always telling him, like I told him about protein powder. And he was like, he, he just, he was very vain about like, no, I don't want to like do any, I don't care about any of that. And then I was like, well, you know, like, it's not, it doesn't hurt. So then, then when he started doing the training, he started to, um, care and he's one of those guys. It's like, so cool. He just like, doesn't have to do anything. And he just like gets muscles.
0: <laughs> Wait, is, cool. Hold on. Is he doing the protein powders now? Like the little, uh, yeah,
1: I, I mean, I do it too. I, I just do one scoop after I do like a yoga class because I have like, I'm one of those people where it's like bones floating and pudding. you know what I mean? Like I have no <laughs> muscle density and mass and he though is like he's the opposite he like naturally has density and he sees the wisdom of the protein powder so Uh, yeah he like we always have these huge tubs
0: i am so anti those like philosophically well just like are they unhealthy for you i I don't think i don't know probably but it's more just like i don't know it just sort of reminds me of like when i was like 16 and insecure and like trying to like buff up before prom and like oh, I, you go to GNC yeah. and they are these enormous cartoonishly large tubs with like <laughs> these testosterone driven names like protein dick punch 5000. And you're like, <laughs> you got that on your counter. And I, I don't like it doesn't fit anywhere. So it's always like front and center on the counter. You're,
1: you're so right. I, if I had those associations, it would be so depressing. But I I came into it so late in life that it's like a sort of like, a happy adult choice. So right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you do the, you do the Oatly, which I've been doing too. The, oh yeah. I love I it.
1: Mean, oh, it's so, it's so good. Like, okay. As you'll see, like next to the Oatly, I have sour cream and creme fraiche. I, if I could, I would be just having that whole milk. I mean, I would, yeah. whole milk is all I want to drink, but I have to like, I just have to cut it down where I can just to curb obesity so that's where i do oatly and almond milk but the oatly does have its own it, it freaking tastes good actually it does as you know
0: I, think. I put it in okay. my i put it in my cappuccino every morning
1: oh lovely and
0: yeah I, i've grown to love the, the flavor of it it doesn't like i don't i'm not missing the milk really
1: okay this is stupid i haven't said this to anyone
0: does it taste like cheerios to you whoa spot on
1: okay i'm so well, i never thought about sense, that i guess Cause it's literally, I mean, it is oats and I was like, why does it, I also only use it in like tea and stuff, but Oh, it's that is I, so
0: funny. It totally tastes yeah. like Cheerio milk.
1: It, it does. <laughs> it does.
0: I get yeah. the, I'll tell you though, I get the low fat Oatly cause that's literally just like mm-hmm. oats and water. And I think like the one this one, I like the flavor this more, but I think I'm like, they got to put some fucking weird gums and stabilizers to make it so milky.
1: You're so you're so right. But there's there's one that's even fattier than this. Yeah, this is the this is the middle one. And then they're like, this is the original. And I'm like. What the fuck is that one? Because this one is so it's creamy,
0: very creamy. That they, uh, they have like their barista line, which yeah. I think that's the super fatty one. Yeah, I like this little tower here. You've got you've got the sour cream and the crème fraîche, which are yeah. two sides of of this. Like there, one is one is the highbrow version, and one is the lowbrow version. Totally. So totally. when do you do you use the like do you use the sour cream on a bagel and the crème fraîche with caviar? Oh. Like what is
1: oh. <laughs> Here we go. This it is awesome that you're asking me this because this is so important. Yeah. Okay. sour cream, I first of all, I can also just eat it with a spoon, but I use it with I dip, I dunk pickles in it. Whoa. And Dan, if you don't know about that, then I'm just What? Honey, I thought you knew about that. Cause you would like that.
0: I'm I'm kind of grossed out and like I also no. just got a little bit of a hard on. <laughs>
1: Yeah. No, no, no. You, I mean, we obviously, you have to be, you have to get that full fat sour cream for this, but I put the sour cream, I do that with pickles. I mean, I love to just dip chips and sour cream. Sorry. I mean, it's just really good. That's And then I know, I know. And then, and then I'll I'll put sour cream and creme fraiche just straight up on a pancake, like instead of butter.
0: Whoa, I can get down with that. I like that. That's
1: good. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cause when you put butter on a pancake Or on waffles, it never really like it never really seeps into every part of it. It's like, you know, some parts of it get love and the rest don't. It just kind of I could see that could be fun and spreadable. I'm into that. Yeah.
1: To be for me, actually, it is not mutually exclusive. I have to just be honest. I'm also Mm -hmm. butter's also involved. (laughs) But, But then I but then I also just like I'll just freaking I'll rope the. Sour cream or the creme freshen.
0: I love that. But can we go back to the most disgusting thing I've ever heard in my life? Pickles and dairy. I just, I'm thinking Mm. vinegar and milk, like it would curdle.
1: I know you're right when you said vinegar and milk, but I guess to me it feels very. Delicatessen. It feels very appetizing. You know what I mean. I was
0: gonna say this sounds like some fucking nasty Ashkenazi shit. That that uh... this
1: is some oh, this is some nasty Ashkenazi shit. And I love that nasty Ashkenazi shit. I fucking do. I know that Barry's uppity, and she is like probably has shit on that before, but I like you
0: know yeah like
1: like the that's the ashkenazi thing is the cream so cream is is it
0: join the party and i'm like interesting I, yeah. I look i can get down with a lot of nasty ashkenazi stuff like i i i do love <laughs> Uh, do you, you hear my my pretentious Sephardic coming out? <laughs> but I do love I like delis are some of my favorite places. Like a good pastrami sandwich, this and that. But then they just Beautiful. do some weird shit, like like the gefilte fish, which even that I can get down with.
1: That's cool that you can get down with. Because actually, I've I've unfortunately never been able to get down with gefilte fish. And sidebar, of course, I look down on Ashkenazi's just like you do, just like we all do. <laughs> But, I mean, and be, and I do have a strain of Sephardic. And so we definitely, like, try to claim that. But, I mean, I'm sure that if you have a blintz or a potato pancake, then you like to have sour cream, right?
0: Yes, absolutely. So
1: that feels normal to you because that feels normal. And I
0: understand that that's not... Well, pure. yes, because then that's potatoes. Because, again, that's the same as, like, your potato chip and the sour cream, which makes a ton of sense. Exactly. Like... I'm telling I, you, if you've got I, your pastrami is...
1: sandwich and you got a fucking hard pickle and you just, like, just slosh it around the that sour cream trust me you'll have fun
0: I have a new theory about Ashkenazi food that I'd like to share with you Please. tell me what you think yeah. okay because you know as a as a Persian we have a very rich and and wonderful food history yeah and the persian jewish food history is very similar to like just persian food history we have a couple of dishes that are specific to persian jews but the main difference is that you know we don't use butter it's more olive oil because of the meat and milk thing right yeah but the recipes are pretty much the same and actually you even get something different and unctuous with the olive oil Mm. like on top of rices or you know with the meats that you're cooking where it's really not that much worse, I'd say, than the Muslim cuisine. It's probably just a little, it's a little different. There are some things that I think are clearly worse, but in general, it's pretty similar. The difference, I think, is that Ashkenazis, you guys grew up in a part of the world, Eastern Europe, that was just surrounded by, it's very much pig culture right mm. like lithuania latvia poland like pig is a front and center thing so you guys were just fucking freaked out that like we just have to k- keep away from this pig, man. So I think the flavor of the food was way secondary to like we got to make sure there's no pig in this. Like ev- all of our neighbors were surrounded by pigs. There's pigs hanging everywhere. Jews growing up in the Muslim world, there were no pigs anywhere because Muslims are just as scared of pigs as Jews are. Mm. So you could go to your neighbor's house and eat, and it was like you know halal and kosher are basically the same thing. So I think that you the Ashkenazi food culture is based on a fear whereas the sephardic food culture is way more just like oh let's just tweak this a little bit
1: that so makes sense because you're right sephardic food culture feels much more easygoing and multicultural and and you're right that the ashkenazi it feels like it's a uh, it's evolved less and has and feels like it's an insular like taste profile or something. I mean, there's not a lot of like fucking around with other shit.
0: Yeah. Although I, I will say this new breed of chefs that are doing like hipster Ashkenazi food. Oh. It's like my favorite thing.
1: Oh, like where right now?
0: There's a place in New York called Shalom. Oh, that, that's Shalom, Japan, I think. And that was like that was like a Japanese Ashkenazi fusion place. I
1: think I've heard of this. Oh god, i would
0: My love buddy that. though, my buddy Elon Hall started a restaurant in LA called the Gorbles years ago it's not here anymore he's moved to he's moved to new york but but it was so cool because he would do things like bacon wrapped matzo balls like which were bite-sized bacon wrapped matzo balls which were fucking cool and then he would do like manischewitz braised uh pork belly oh
1: (laughs) my god dude
0: a lot of it was very sacrilegious but it was delicious
1: oh that's so fun oh no no that's 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 really ideal you're making it me. was very fun. Yeah, that's I can't wait.
0: So you're in Savannah, Georgia, which yes. has a fantastic food culture.
1: Yes. I love that you know about it.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I was on the road for a while and I remember when I went there, it was like the most I remember this place that just had the most delicious delicious brunch. And I'm not a brunch guy, but a southern brunch. I had like uh, shrimp and grits is oh. like my favorite brunch oh, in the yeah. world.
1: Oh, my God. I, I don't know what I'm in. It. I mean, I I have. Grits are huge for me. I mean, I love this food. So the stuff that you can get down here that you really, it's hard to find up up top is, I mean, first of all, yeah, the grits are amazing. I love fried green tomatoes. I mean, like hush puppies. I mean, I don't know why that's not normal, why every restaurant doesn't give you a basket of hush puppies when you sit down. I mean, because it's the best It's the best stuff.
0: It's so civilized. It makes me wish the North lost the Civil War. It is so good. (laughs) That is like the best thing. Hush puppies are ridiculously good.
1: Oh, they are ridiculously good. And also all, there are so many sauces, so many like comeback sauce, moppin sauce, Mississippi, you know, white sauce. Like there's just, there's a lot of like, you know, whatever like Creole spicy sauces. I mean, and I know this isn't like, this isn't Creole, but like, there's yeah there's just a lot of really good like spicy mayo dip in sauces yeah and it, they're just normal
0: i just realized something that might be interesting yeah hush puppies are like the south's version of falafel in a way Whoa. because it's made with cornmeal right fried cornmeal right falafel is made with basically fried chickpea meal
1: yeah <sighs> yeah yeah you're only missing the the protein element in the falafel.
0: Yeah, but you have your protein powder on the side.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> You're so right. You're right. No, it's it's similar to the falafel. It's similar. I don't know. Huh. Huh. But I feel like Oops. I only get that good, like light fried falafel straight up in like Israel. Like when I have falafel in the states often, it's like not that fun fried carnival taste that I kind of right. get more in Israel.
0: You're absolutely right. There's like, I mean, there's like a density difference going on there we are there we are i'm not sure how why it is like the americans just have to fucking squeeze the shit out of it before they plop it in the in the deep fryer i don't know i mean but yeah there's something more light and fluffy and airy it doesn't feel as much like a gut bomb as the ones in america do
1: i completely that's exactly it
0: yeah yeah why don't people make okay all right someone (laughs) has to do like an israeli southern fusion place and have a a hush puppy sandwich, you know like what? in a pita.
1: You're so right. And actually, it's odd that they don't have that here because they there's like a big Jewish population here. And it's like a really, really super old Jewish community. And I know that they own it. And they have some festival called Shalom Yall, And they didn't do it this year because of Cove. But I don't know. Yeah, I'm surprised that I haven't seen it. Because it's a yeah. very evolved food city, that's for sure.
0: Interesting. Yes, they do have wonderful stuff. It's very highbrow, Savannah. They're not oh, like yeah. a very. It's not like like North Carolina, South Carolina, where they're like here's a, here's our a pit barbecue on the side of the road. They're like it's like you you get a fan and you go into and you have a nice hat and you go into a restaurant and you, I, people say I do declare.
1: <laughs> You're right. They definitely say <laughs> I do declare everywhere you go. But <laughs> but you are right that it's like I'm not seeing. Barbecue as much as it's very, it's very elegant low country food. Yeah, and it's it's just like very elegant seafood. I mean that is what you're getting. It is. Yeah,
0: it's awesome. Well, hopefully uh, the pandemic will last forever and you never have to move back to New York.
1: Seriously, I know. I pray for it every day. (laughs) More. (laughs) the pandemic continues to ravage
0: (laughs) we're we're praying for a for a fourth fourth third yeah more with jen in a minute in the meantime let's talk granny smith apples guess who invented slash discovered them yep granny smith Maria Ann Smith was a farmer in Australia in the late 1800s. She created the apple by accident. She was experimenting with different French crab apples for cooking and would throw the cords out of her kitchen window. Eventually, a plant was born out of this orgy of apples, and that was the Granny Smith. It tasted different, which made it interesting, but what made it a huge success was its shelf life. A Granny Smith has low levels of ethylene, a chemical that accelerates spoilage, and under the right conditions, you can store a Granny Smith apple for up to a year. Granny Smith died a few years after creating her eponymous apple, creating quite the legacy. It's now the third most popular apple in America. Thanks, Gam Gam. Okay, back to Jen. Okay, we're going to get to the questions that I ask every guest at the end of, towards the end of the show. um, Starting with, what is your earliest food memory?
1: Mm. Such a good question. I, I, the first thing that comes to me actually is just, is just eating butter, taking butter um, from the kitchen and going into the living room. Cause I knew that I wasn't supposed to do it and just like licking the wax paper that, that like, you know, that butter is um, wrapped in and eating that and knowing that I shouldn't do it. And, enjoying it
0: are you serious wait <laughs> eating the wax paper like just licking eat, it and i
1: think just licking i think i just like i guess i got the wax paper off the butter and i took it into the living room and i just like licked it down
0: wow yes
1: yeah, that's so that, very it's early thank you yeah
0: that's a charming one i like that because a lot of the early food memories are like really fucked up like <laughs> really my <laughs> uncle used to, my uncle used to molest me and he'd <laughs> eat hot dogs and so every time i see a hot dog i'm like all right uh next question oh my god <laughs>
1: Wow. Has anyone really ever said anything fucked up like that?
0: I think, you know, Ruth Reichel. Yeah. She had a pretty fucked up one, which was like, I think because her mom was like a really, her mom would would like give them like, she would never throw out food. So she'd give them like really like bad food to eat. And she was like, I was just like, the foods just like were like spoiled. And I... Knew that that's she's like, and that's when I knew that my mom didn't have my best interest in mind. And I was like, oh, okay, Ruth. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's I. I never would have thought that that would have been Ruth's. God, that's but that's such a fun left turn, actually. I mean, it's, it's yeah, it's really dark and horrible, but it's like that's interesting.
0: But that was her whole thing. Is that's part of the reason that she got so into food was that she knew that her mom wasn't going to look out for her. Whoa, food wise, and also just life wise. So that's how it manifested itself.
1: Wow interesting yeah
0: cool. i know and then i i was like all right ruth um what's your favorite pantry item <laughs> <laughs> oh
1: my god yeah
0: it was Damn. dark but i but she's written about it that's like in her in her memoirs and stuff too. Oh, okay cool yeah yeah what is your death row meal you're on death row Whoa. because someone called you basic for loving Ugh. pickles and dairy you couldn't take it <laughs> You fucking (laughs) slash them. Uh,
1: Well, now you're on death row. Okay, so now I'm on death row. Um, it's funny because I have had this thought a lot because I so I so I let myself indulge to a degree that I think a lot of people don't. um, With and and with regularity, so Mm. um, I like because I mean it's it's not so my death row meal is a meal that I have often, which would probably be like. Um, okay, we've talked about them, hush puppies, I would have, I mean, it would be fried chicken, and, you know, hush puppies and fried green tomatoes and like, you know, key lime pie and, and mm. it's the same thing that like, death, like, you know, people on death row really do have and it's like very, right. but I have it like every week I, I need it, I need that. I need that looming that carrot to get me through my week. You know, I
0: really I love that.
1: I yeah, I guess so.
0: I'm a huge fan of key lime pie and it's oh. a very it's a very polarizing pie.
1: That's insane, is it?
0: People either love it or hate it. That's so I, sad
1: I, if you if you if you hate it, that's not classy. You got to like it.
0: it. <laughs> sorry. It's so delicious. I love it. I feel like I feel very waspy when I have it.
1: Oh, for sure.
0: And I like that about it. Oh, totally. I mean, yeah, it just it it's a lesson in contrast too, because it's got that wonderful like kind of hearty, earthy crust, and then it's got the lightest, fluffiest, you know, top.
1: You're so right. I mean, any graham cracker crust, I mm. I, I always pass it in like the aisle in the grocery store, and I always just want to buy one and be like, I just want to eat it, but I I don't let myself do that.
0: Yeah, but that it is. I love that we're on the same page with that. Yeah, for sure. What is the best high end meal that you've <sighs> ever had?
1: Oh. This is such a fun question. Oh my God. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. You got it. I guess it's okay. It's a little bit, it's not, it's not obvious, but I mean, I am a big, you mentioned Lyon earlier in the podcast, Mm -hmm. a a, a gastronomic capital where I actually, I studied abroad um, in college and this isn't why, but I, I'm a big Daniel Balloude person, um, the French chef, and he has all these restaurants actually all over the world, but a, a, Shitload in New York, and Daniel. Yeah, I mean it's Danielle, but I just call it Daniel. His restaurant, Daniel.
0: Where he (laughs) his restaurant, Danny Boy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he he lives. He lives upstairs. This restaurant because it's okay. It's the atmosphere is off the chain. It really feels like you're on Mount Olympus. It's the most transportative place, and then the food is awesome. But it's like for me, actually, the number one thing there is they have these really special um, brioche, almost like phyllo doughy rolls. And I eat like nine of those. And, mm. and I just really like the dessert. I mean, it's so expensive for to go there for what I really care about. But in terms of the atmosphere and then like the, the food theater.
0: Yeah, Danielle is a Dan, – it's a – it is absolutely – It's probably one of my one one of the best restaurants I've ever been to as well. Just based on you do feel like you're suddenly in like Louis the Sixteenth's court. Oh. Like it's so French and beautiful.
1: It is, but so sedate. Don't scare them, Dan. Okay. Because Mm -hmm. it's sedate. Mm -hmm. It's not like I've never been to La Grenouille, which when when the pandemic started, I was like, oh my God, in two weeks when this is over, I'm so going. I've never been to lunch there. I'm gonna have so much fun going there. I hope it's still open. Wait. Dan, so what is since, – since Danielle is one of yours, what is the meal that you think of, the high-end meal?
0: My, my, the best high-end meal I've ever had was a meal at Blue Hill. Oh, for sure, for sure. And I went with my buddy who was a – he was the sommelier at Le Bernardin at, at the time. Oh, so, like, boy. they were, like – they wanted him to leave Le Bernardin to come work there. Oh, my God. So they pulled out all the stops. Oh. And he ended up leaving. The next day, he quit his job and, and went to Blue Hill.
1: <laughs> oh, Wow. That's awesome!
0: Yeah, that was a magical. That would be that would be my my fave. Wow! What is your favorite low end meal that you've ever had? Ooh! This could be a street taco, a shawarma.
1: Okay, um, low end. Okay, I mean this is it's not even that it's not like low end. It's just when I get to LA as soon as the wheels touch the tarmac it is like how fast can i get to silver lake ramen
0: uh, silver lake Whoa. Ramen. how i thought fast? you i thought you i thought you were, were going to say in and out
1: oh god no i mean like in and out's good but i don't care about in and out yeah. No, i and so, so i i don't even want to say silver lake ramen it's not like low it's it's although the price it is cheap as hell it's still really cheap and I just think that their ramen is the like when I went to Japan, I, we went to Japan on our honeymoon. It was incredible. And when we would we went to ramen jail, you know, like one, one of the little ramen things where you're you eat alone in a little curtained off. It's awesome. Yeah. And yeah every yeah. You have to like even if I went with my husband. But if you're with a friend, you don't eat with anybody. You eat alone. And I realized that what I like. Is the extra extra rich? You you could like you order how rich you want the ramen, and they just give it to you like that at Silver Lake Ramen. Mm.
0: So yes, yeah. you're talking about tonkotsu, which is yes. like a really hearty pork bone mm. soup yes. that is just so thick and gloopy. Oh, I so <laughs> those places that have the one the ramen for one person, I call that ramen sturbation <laughs> where you just they just like cordon you off and you just have a <laughs> moment with your ramen. <laughs>
1: <laughs> You're so right. And I know they have them here now in the States, but I just haven't been yet. But yeah. yeah,
0: Interesting. Silver Lake ramen is best, but it's funny. My favorite, one of my favorite ramens in the country is close to where you moved from in New York City on the Upper West Side. Where? Upper East Side or Upper West?
1: Upper West. Yeah, uh, where?
0: Upper West, Toto Ramen.
1: Toto. So my issue with Toto, because I actually I haven't been for this reason, they don't do pork based.
0: Yeah, it's just chicken based. So
1: I I distrust it.
0: Tell me. Why?
1: Well, because I just know I the pork one is so fucking good that I'm like, how could it possibly be as good? You're telling me that
0: here's what okay. You know what? I used to I and I'm I'm not saying this pejoratively. Okay. But I used to be a simple basic bitch like you. <laughs> <laughs> no i'm kidding i'm kidding <laughs> no i used to i used to go nuts for tonkotsu also yeah. i it used to be my thing like i loved it it was hearty it was awesome yeah and then i went to i went to tokyo just before the pandemic actually oh. and i was there for two weeks just in the city and just i was for, like just to fun d- alone just took no my friend is a journalist and he was doing a story for the new yorker oh. and i was like uh i'm coming and crashing in the hotel room and oh. while you go write stories i'm gonna go eat ramen. But. I, I tried a lot of Tokyo style ramen, which is shoyu ramen, which is like soy based, and it was a lot lighter. Mm. It was like almost like clear broth, mm. and there was something about like being able to have the ramen and then not having to take a three day nap.
1: Listen, <laughs> that that I, that's I, a I was big, like, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: So I kind of got I, I, it. Kind of introduced me to like kind of the variety of flavors. Of, uh, you know, uh, don't get me wrong. I can get down with a real fucking hearty ramen. Right. In fact, my favorite one in LA is is the Tsujita Annex, which has something called Jiro-style ramen, which is, Jiro-style ramen is like ramen that's made for, like, truck drivers in Japan. Like, it's got big thick noodles that are like bucatini.
1: Ooh, yeah. Like like <laughs> like, like udon but not udon?
0: Yes. Okay. Yes. Ooh,
1: I like that. It's
0: nuts. So I can get down with that. But there's but the chicken-based ramen is is a totally legit thing. Okay. It's not like them trying to like it it is a very respe- respectable legit thing and it's different. I mean, and as a Jew, it's kind of interesting to to compare it to like Jewish chicken soups cuz they're, you know, they're they're super hearty and ridiculous. Re- ridiculously flavorful and it's almost even more of a challenge when you get pork bones it's like yes it's gonna it's gonna be hardy it's gonna but if you have chicken bones and you gotta make that hardy yeah like it's it takes a it takes a little a little more skill
1: you're so right i realize that it's the more elegant choice and it's the cooler choice and i know that toto is like people freaking there's always a line i mean there's a line
0: it's awesome. Yeah. I don't know if you're much of a drinker or not, but if you are, what is your favorite drunk uh, food?
1: It's so funny because actually I, yeah, I, I remember this is one of your questions and I, it's like, I just so rarely get drunk anymore, but it's like when I, I mean like when it's, it's just going to be extreme flavor. And so mm. um, like it used to be when I actually was drunk, it would be a diner. It mm. would be duh a diner because it would be like, easy to be there and you just sit there and you can get so many different things. Um, And then, yeah, I mean, like in college, it was literally like, you know, it's just chicken fingers. And in New York, you could order like a side of cottage cheese. (laughs) So I would also even like in my drunk state, I would get like cherry pie, chicken fingers, cottage cheese. I'm one of those people that just Always oh. like to incorporate cottage
0: cheese. Wow, interesting. Yeah. You're like a, you're like a, you are like this like Ashkenazi <laughs> great grandmother in like, in like a cute young person's body.
1: You're, so, Dan, you are so right, actually. <laughs> that is so accurate. It is.
0: <laughs> when you're, when you're hungover or when you were hungover, did you yes. have a hangover cure?
1: Okay. Well, I was, I've always been completely disgusted by, uh, disgusted, but fascinated by the hair of the dog thing i i mm. could never screw with that i think that is mm. so cool for people who can that would repulse me um i mean i'm a big turnover a new leaf person so mm-hmm. if i'm it's like if i'm hungover and the next day is a new fresh day and i'm gonna probably want to get like a green smoothie and we are we are moving on so in my mind <laughs> i'm i'm like i'm moving on <laughs> i'm leaving it behind i'm not gonna like i don't want to like do some like big gross like you know I don't want to revel and wallow in the fact that I'm poisoned. I want to get going towards the next <laughs> moment. <laughs> so yeah, it's not, it's not going to be a fun meal.
0: You wake up hungover and you, and you just order an Uber to Soul Cycle <laughs> and <laughs> make a smoothie.
1: No, that's, that's what it, that's what it would be. Yeah. It's just like, <laughs> let's, let's begin a new day.
0: I love that. And I do think that the people who are the hair of the dog people, I think, that's like they just don't realize they're alcoholics yet. <laughs> like, that, I don't get it. I, I seriously don't get it. How do you just keep drinking, man? You just keep drinking. You get out of it. Then, that night you drink again. Well, I wonder the next did, morning <laughs>
1: has that ever because I've the idea usually if when I'm hungover, the idea of having a drink makes me sick. Are you a person that has been able to then have a drink and it kind of like sets you up and it's OK?
0: I don't think so. Okay. Like it'll it it's a very short term fix. Yeah. And then it just fucks you even more. You know, it's funny. One time I was uh, I was like really, really hungover and like like vomity hungover. And I I don't like talking about these things. This is a classy podcast. Yeah. But I was doing really I I was having a really rough go at it. And I have a buddy who's a world famous gastroenterologist. Like the guy is just like travels the world for this thing that he does. And he went to Harvard and we, and we, we went to Hopkins together like he is he is the guy. And I'm like, Watson, I'm dying, dude. What should I do? And he's like, Do you have any weed? I was like, Yeah. He's like, Fucking start smoking as much as you can right now. What? <laughs> and I'm like, All right, well when the best GI in the world tells you to do that. And I started to smoke weed and I'm gonna tell you, my 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 nausea went away instantly. And I just felt like a hundred percent. And he was like, yeah, dude, if it works for the nausea of cancer patients, it's going to work for the nausea of like, you know.
1: Whoa, that's. Yeah. I can't believe I've never even heard that as a tip. Like, why has that not filtered down to just normal people? It's awesome. I don't
0: know. And it was so bad. Like, imagine being sick and then smoking something like it would just it seemed off.
1: You're so right. It's cool that you trusted in him. But I mean, I would I freaking would trust him, too. Yeah,
0: I know. Yeah, I know. Shout out to Watson.
1: Yeah, Watson.
0: That's a good name for a great doctor.
1: <laughs> it is. I've never heard anyone called Watson. That's so fun. <laughs> oh, is that his last name? That's his, That's last, his name. last name. Oh, okay, yeah. darn. Okay.
0: Yeah. He's like half Sri Lankan, half Indian. Very oh, hot. Oh Watson. God. Oh. God. You dreamy. McDreamy. <laughs> Do you have a favorite celebrity chef or celebrity food personality? It could be a host Ooh. of a travel food show. It could be a, anything.
1: Okay. Well, I'm not going to blow anybody's mind here, but well, okay. I already said Daniel Belude, and I am, I know I'm in good hands. Anytime I'm at one of his places, I'm just like, this is going to be great. But you know what I, in recent, in the past, maybe two years, no, maybe a little bit more, probably when she came on Colbert, Ina Garten. I'm just really, really interested in her, her, you know, like find her sort of like finding her thing. So later in life and mm-hmm. her being, and, and, and the, and her seeming so authentic and not having formal training. Um, it's, it's interesting to see someone, I don't know. I mean, like she's, it, I'm just kind of interested in her whole lifestyle brand. I, I can't help it.
0: Totally. Her brand is like, it's like, it's it's very like Amagans at Hamptons, but also like you'll feel comfortable in my house cause I'm just making roast chicken. C-
1: completely, completely. <laughs> I mean, it's it, because there is, her whole thing is she does, obviously the Hamptons backgrounds are huge. And Jeffrey is huge. The fact that they don't have kids, that they chose not to have kids. It's it's all this lifestyle that she chose, and it's like I don't know. She's also so homemaky and so basic and so nurturing and warm that I'm really interested in the fact that they don't have kids. You're right. It seems it seems like I, I, I it's surprising.
0: You know, I wonder if that's yeah. It's like it's true. I wonder if that's why we love her so much, though, is that she's got she's got all that motherly love to give. And she just gives it to the fans (laughs) and to, you know, you're so you're so
1: right. I mean, no, she gives it to the fans. And I remember I she said this in some interview and maybe I read it when she was on Colbert. And so I was reading whatever the pre-interview was. And she was like, yeah, like they chose not like she didn't want to have like she was like, this is not the life. That's not the that if I have kids, I won't be able to have the life that I want. And so I'm not going to do it. And I was like, damn, it just doesn't seem like it's doesn't really seem like the, it doesn't seem like Ina, but...
0: Especially for, like, her generation, too. Oh, my God. To say that. Like, I could see people saying that now, and it's like, you know...
1: Especially because she fetishizes her homemaking and also her subservience to Jeffrey. It's so front and center that it's odd. She she just seems like this hearth, you know, goddess person. And it's, it's interesting that there's, like, this, you know... I don't know, this other thing going on with her.
0: <laughs> that is such an interesting take on Ina Garden. I've never heard that. I love that.
1: It, it surprised me when I started looking into her.
0: Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Ina, come on the podcast. We've tried to get her for a while.
1: Yeah. Maybe you can come on the podcast. Yeah, and- you
0: don't have kids. You're not that busy, Ina.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what is your desert island food? So you're trapped on a desert island. You're never going to get off. There's one thing oh, you're never going to okay. tire of. I think oh. I know what it is. I think it's cottage cheese. <laughs>
1: Okay, so trapped on a desert island, I'm definitely going to die in 4 days because I'm going to be eaten. I'm going to drown myself because I'm going to get so depressed. So, what food can I eat for 4 days? Actually, I'm going to say and this is this is influenced by the Savannah foodie scene. This is something I I'm so I've rediscovered my love for Cold Stone Creamery. Dude, freaking Whoa. freaking birthday cake remix, okay? <laughs> like, I'm there is this is so good. Like you will have so much fun, and if you haven't had one in a while, I mean, oh my god! Like it's the fat content is 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 not normal. It's like extra.
0: Yeah, yeah. Extra it's, I don't know how they how they squeeze all that fat in there. Is nuts. Ugh,
1: it's so good. So I I, can, I feel like there's a lot of protein, and I could I could eat that <laughs> for two days though. For two days,
0: oh, you seem obsessed with protein. You're talking about ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: I learned about. I didn't even know. I was one of those people that wasn't eating enough protein. And then I learned. And so I've tried because as I try to get muscles, I'm like, I need to feed.
0: Yeah. Feed the beast. Yeah. Um, Interesting. I haven't had Cold Stone Creamery in probably two decades, I would say.
1: Oh, that's so long, Dan.
0: And it is very fun. Like, you know, I don't know what it is. Something happened to me. The older I'm getting, the more I'm getting into fanfare when it comes to restaurants. Like. I, of all the restaurants in the world that I could go to right now, yeah. it's it's not you know El Bouy. it's not like <sighs> you know, Le Bernardin. I want to go to Salt Bay. What Salt I Bay? I want. You know the guy with the salt thing. Oh, Salt, salt
1: Bay! Thing? Wait, but Salt Bay has his own restaurant. <laughs>
0: he's got like he's got like fifty restaurants around oh. the world. <laughs> I didn't he's know like. That. It's like a high-end Benihana, and I need it in my veins. So you
1: you want a performance. You want some fun.
0: (sighs) I think lately I'm getting more into the fanfare. I don't know why. I don't know what's happening. I think I've had a lot. I think I've just had uh, my pendulum is swinging. I think I've had too much of like the austere, like, this Mm. is the best. This is going to be the best quail's egg that you've ever had. I'm like, all right. I need some fucking guy with sunglasses throwing salt in my face and like slapping me in the ass. (laughs)
1: Oh! Oh my god wait so what salt bay restaurant do you want to go to with
0: his you know he just opened one in dallas and he keeps posting from it and i just can't i can't get enough it just seems like a party every night i want to go to dallas and it's like the pandemic doesn't exist in salt Bay's restaurants (laughs) (laughs) i think it's just like all the salt just like i don't know if it disinfects the covid or what it is But it just seems like a like like we're locked up in quarantine and Salt Bay is just like he's like one big vaccine of a restaurant.
1: Okay, you just blew uh, me. Salt Bay to me. I thought he was this like like sort of, you know, really esteemed like Peruvian chef and someone caught him for one second cooking. I didn't realize that he was this like, you know, like Barnum and Bailey. Like I didn't realize he was totally on the other end but that's that Dallas thing that sounds really fun
0: you know he wasn't he had one restaurant in Turkey he's Turkish okay and then it just like that video made him explode and he was like he was one of those you know what they say it's like luck and preparation need to meet like he was just ready to turn it into an wow. empire. And he is like, That's so cool. I'm, I'm all about the hashtag self lifestyle. Oh, <laughs> honey. And I get a lot of shit from my like foodie friends, but I can't get enough. Oh,
1: come on. It's, un- it's uncool though, at this point to not, to not be high, low. Really? Everyone is yeah. high, low. It's, it's, it, it's all, it's almost, it's kind of cool. If you really are just high, I have one friend who really does is just like, he just wants that, incredible, you know, blue hill. I mean like that's his shit and he wouldn't write about salt Bay, but I feel like it's kind of, that's not really the, that's no, it's
0: fun. To, it's fun to straddle. You got to straddle Yeah, for sure. You got to straddle. Is there a food that you cannot stand eating something that you hate?
1: Well, it's funny. Um, okay. So, uh, beets taste like the ground to me, unfortunately. So I just don't do that. Um, but the, the only, I'm trying to think is I just don't get exposed to it very often because I just control what I eat. And the, I'm trying to think the last time that I like, where there was like, what am I going to do? Uh, like when we were, it was when we were in Japan and this was like two years ago. And I was so excited to stay at a Ryokan. Do, do you know mm-hmm. what a, a Ryokan just for anyone is a, um it's basically a Japanese air, it's a, it's a Japanese bed and breakfast, but it's, it's since samurai times. And I think that they were initially like four, basically samurai to kind of stay in as they went through the countryside, but it's like a super low-fi hotel. You know, there's no furniture mm-hmm. in the room. It's just like the mat. And they like roll up the sleeping mat during the day. And there's literally nothing in there. And I stated this, like, this is really, really fancy Ryokan. I was so excited. And it was such a bust. Like you had to like, they, they served like an 11 course meal in the room And every single course was more inedible than the last course. And, and I, I mean, and I was so excited to go to Japan because I mean, I love sushi. I love ramen. I love green, little green tea candies. I love, I love, I love every, I love, and I love Udon and I love, and this was like, Oh my God, I don't even, I'm trying to like, it makes me sound so like kind of like root, like a, like a hayseed and like I'm dumb, but I don't even, everything almost like smelled the same. It was like almost like a, yeah, there was some sushi, but like the sushi had like hair on it. It was like, it was so weird and I couldn't eat any of it. And so think wait, God.
0: what do you mean it had hair on it? Like, like, like human hair no, or there was like a no. weird kind of thing on it? There was it.
1: almost like a weird fur and like a really thick skin, like a really thick fit. It was, it was mm. so authentic that it was just like, I didn't. Eat, I knew it wasn't going to be. I knew it wasn't going to be a roll. I knew there wasn't going to be any mayo. But this was like. Yeah. Uh, so in, and there was a lot
0: of like. You know what you you had like a you had you probably had a kaiseki meal. Oh yeah, it was it was, like, it
1: was kaiseki. It, it was yeah. But it was just I'm so so Dan. Have you had a kaiseki meal? And did you like it?
0: I had one that I did really really love, but it's you know you have to have you have to set your expectations. Like it's nothing that's it's it's just going to be different flavors. It's not going to be hearty it's not going to fill you up right it's of the season like it's just like they're hyper local i don't know i i i did love it but this might have specifically been a weird one though
1: it might have been a weird one i mean it was definitely it was a mountain town where the tourists were japanese i mean so this was this was like th- th- these were it was it all was like a fish broth like everything smelled like a fish broth but mm-hmm. um yeah that was the only thing where i was like i don't know what i'm going to do cuz i just like can't I just don't want to eat it yeah
0: and then you had to sit there and pretend like you were liking it to the the sweet Japanese people yes
1: (laughs) it was so sweet they assigned us one basically like servant who was the sweetest little like she was so beautiful and and she just kept crawling into the room and then giving us these courses (laughs) and then crawling out and I would be like I don't fucking and I was like what the fuck am I supposed to do and so my husband would eat some of mine and it was it was so long and horrible and at the end, I was so depressed because <laughs> it was so expensive. I mean, it was it was really expensive.
0: Yeah, if you have a bad meal in Japan, a it's unfortunate because that was a mortgage payment. Yeah, and and b it's unfortunate because you had a bad meal. You have a finite amount of meals in Japan, and the ev- you can have so many great meals there, and I, it just sucks to have a bad one.
1: For sure, for sure, yeah.
0: We're up to our last question, okay. which is my favorite question, wow. which is what is your restaurant pet peeve?
1: Oh, that's a good yeah. question, Dan. Yeah. Good yes. question.
0: Comedy okay. people love this question.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay, a few things, okay, two specific things jump to mind. One doesn't even have to do with the restaurant. One is when I one is I'm complaining about my own my own, my own friends that I'm going to be with at the restaurant. I really don't like it when people, and it's not just my friends. I mean, definitely like my dad can do this. I don't like when people joke with the waiter and make them and wait, the waiter or make the waiter or waitress engage with them and, do like jokey repartee for a while because the waiter or waitress is trapped and they have to, and they have to be nice. It really, and especially actually if you have a lot of comedy friends, I really don't like when they force the wait staff to do bits with them. It it really, really, I cannot, that's really hard for me.
0: Oh my God, that is a great one that I don't think anyone has ever said before.
1: I, I mean, I hesitate to say it because I really hope that like friends that may recognize them- I'm so, so I, I understand because it, it comes out of a good place, but I don't like the way that you're forcing the person to
0: <laughs> to be your audience. Yeah, that is so funny. Yeah, I I I definitely feel that too. When it's not even comedian friends, it's like friends who are just like I don't know, like the like the like the servers making like small talk, and then a friend will be like. You know the server will say something about like, yeah, this this drink is uh, this is a this is a great drink. It's probably one of the best ones I have. And he'll be like, oh, I gotta tell you. So there was a place in Miami I went oh my to. God. They had the drink. I went there, and the guy is like, this is the best one you're gonna have. And I and I, and so I order it, mm. and I'm forgetting the name of it. It was and I'm like cringing inside because I'm like, this fucker doesn't care about it's your all... you yes yes ending him. Just like let him and he's got to move on. He's got, he's got a job to do completely. Or maybe, maybe you and I are just way too self-aware and we're just like,
1: it might be that it might be that too. But yeah, I, I love oh god I love that you agree with me on that. That's so cool.
0: Yeah. Yes. No, I'm with you on that. I'm 100% with you on that.
1: Okay, but then my other pet peeve is going to make me look like a bitch, but this one is I don't like it when when either it says on the menu or they let you know no substitutions because I'm like, you know what? Every every like every classy restaurant they they're totally fine with that because it's classy i don't like when you take yourself so seriously like the breslin in new york okay the breslin is it's what it's, it's in a hotel it's an ace and it's like yes. they're very i actually went one time with barry and i think they, they wouldn't give her mayonnaise or something because they were like no yeah. sorry we're just not going to do that and it's like just it's you're just a restaurant and and we're buying you this food and that does piss me off.
0: You know what? I I get what you're saying. And and
1: I respect that you don't agree because I, I get I understand no, why people uh, don't like what I'm saying.
0: I don't disagree. I don't disagree. I will just uh, let me just say that, like, I, I I don't disagree with you, but I can empathize with the restaurant because I think that once you open the floodgates to substitutions, it's like you're suddenly becoming a. You know, like a customized restaurant for every guest. And it's like having a kitchen flow and having everything go. It's a little it can be a little tedious, especially when the chef is someone who is like, you know, uh, you know, I mean, it's uh, exaggerating to call him an artist necessarily, but like someone who's an artist is like, listen, this is my vision. This is what you've come for. Uh, so let's, you know, just let us, let us handle it. Let us, and and it also, it'll also weed out some people, you know, I have friends who are like dietary restriction people who they're just, it can get so annoying after a while.
1: So that, okay. The thing I'm not even mentioning that, that is obviously when I say the no substitutions, you have to be a reasonable human being. So, I mean, that, that's all because of course, yes, it undermines the integrity of of the chef and the thought that they put into it. So I'm not talking about abusing that. I'm just right. saying when they're when they're dicks, because I know what you mean. It's like they are artists and they have put the thought. And so to, to undermine that by creating your own dish is psychotic. But I'm not talking about like the psycho level. And I have friends that do that and they enrage me as well.
0: So I think that's what, so we're on the same exact page because I can see a chef saying, I don't want that type of person to feel free reign to just like, you know, come in and conduct the orchestra that is the kitchen. Yep. But I also get that. It's like, give me some fucking mayo with my fries. Like it's
1: shit like that.
0: It's, you know, shit. it's funny. Cause I used to, I interned at, so the Breslin is, was April Bloom, Bloomfield's restaurant who okay. uh, ran the Spotted Pig. Oh yes. And of course. I interned at the Spotted Pig for a couple summers in the kitchen. And their whole thing. I didn't
1: know you thing... could intern in a kitchen. I'm so dumb. I didn't know they'd even.
0: Yeah. They, uh, okay. they, 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 they let me intern. They were yeah. very sweet. But their whole thing was no substitutions except for one person. Lou Reed was allowed to get a <laughs> slice of red onion on his burger. So if you want a substitution, the moral of the story is you need to be one of the most famous people in the world.
1: <laughs> that's such a great anecdote. And also, doesn't that make that restaurant sound like such... It's like, yeah, like, so it's okay that he wants that on his burger. Like, he, that's not... He's not an asshole, but that's really, really cool.
0: Yeah, that's really it's, cool just that
1: that. Wow. it's just Lou
0: Reed. Wow, just Lou Reed. So, Jen, thank you so much, first of all, and yeah. tell tell all the kids where they about your book and where they can get it. Oh
1: my god, Dan. Okay, well, thank you so much for having. me. It's
0: them. amazingly funny. I've started oh. reading it. I haven't finished it yet, oh, but it Dan. is so funny. Thank you're you like so much. unbelievably hilarious, oh. and you and you're one of those people who straddles the high the high road and the low road, oh. which is why I love it. You're
1: so. I'm so glad that you picked that out because that is true. That is like, that is definitely fundamental to my identity. But yeah, the book, um, it's called Big Time. Um, the audio book is really sick. Um, it has amazing narrators like Lauren Lapkus and Matt Rogers, who has a great podcast called Las Culturistas. And um, Dan Stevens.
0: Lauren Lapkus. Lauren Lapkus was a guest on the show, by the way.
1: Oh, my God. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, she's... she
0: hates pickles. She hates pickles. You she hates know pickles. That God. She hates pickles. All
1: right. Yeah. Well, that she has to have one um, <laughs> bad point. But um, the, the actor Dan Stevens, who I'm a huge fan of, he is insane. He's on the audiobook. And then, um, yeah, it's just, uh, it's just available, you know, in stores.
0: I love it. Yeah. I love it. And it's like now's a good time to have a book that is going to make you laugh and fucking i've been reading a lot of like really dark history books and like
1: like what because that is basically all i read what have you been reading
0: i you know what so you know you know barry and i we dated for a while yes
1: dan honey i know everything about you
0: so i was (laughs) i was trying to oh jesus christ (laughs) I remember I was trying to, like, impress her because Barry's a very smart person. And I'm yeah. like, I'm trying to read some smart person books. And she's like, <laughs> read this book. It's called Bloodlands. It's like a book that's, like, this big. I'm, okay. My fingers are... I'm splaying my fingers very <laughs> wide, everyone. <laughs> and it's like... It's all about like the area between uh, Poland and Russia, which is where the majority of the deaths happened between like w- the famine in in the Ukraine in the nineteen thirties and the and World War Two. And it's like l- literally this the darkest, most awful book about like as if it's it's not it's not just Holocaust. It's like all of World War One. It's World War. I mean, it's just like death, 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 death. death. So what I'm trying to say is. Your book is a welcome palate cleanser. Oh, Dan. Okay, that
1: is the bleak <laughs> that is you just described the bleakest era and and land in the world. But <laughs> yeah. you're right. My book is the opposite of that and it can be used <laughs> as like just a mental vacation when you want to dip into something fun that you don't have no, to work at no work required for this
0: you know it's too bad that you have uh the uh quotes what are they called the quotes that that the people will put on the blurbs from blurbs. Colbert and from uh uh da, 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 what's her name Tina Fey Tina Fey yeah Mindy Kaylee. because I could have totally done a blurb about oh. you know like this is so not Bloodland would be <laughs>
1: damn it okay well for the paperback please yes I mean, please I'll email you yeah
0: <laughs> uh, thank you Jen oh, and what's your socials where can the kids find
1: oh me? yes um, you guys can find me fam at um, it's just my name on twitter at Jen um, and then I mean on Instagram I really just lurk and promote unfortunately which is which is not good but at uh, Jenspira there as well
0: <laughs> I like to follow the lurkers I like to follow the <laughs> totally. lurkers and just like well, message them and be like I know you're watching <laughs>
1: Oh yeah, we are. We are. I just can't I can't that's one thing that I can't also add in there. I can't also oh. be adding in Instagram too. I know too I much understand. to curate. Yeah. Good for you. Thank Good you.
0: for you. Thank for resisting. You. Yeah, I won't do the TikTok. That's that's my Oh okay. Well, my yeah. line in the sand. Sure. No no. Thank you, Jen. This episode of Green Eggs and Dan was produced by Andrew Stephen and edited by Jordan Aaron. Executive produced by Jeff Umbro and The Podglomerate. You can find more of their podcasts at thepodglomerate.com. The theme music is Beautiful Food by Idan, and the interstitial music is by Breakmaster Cylinder. If you like this show, please tell a friend, share an episode, leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. It's really important to us, guys. Please do it. If you want more Green Eggs and Dan action, follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Stand Up Dan. Also, we have a YouTube page where you can actually see me and my guests going through their fridge in addition to other videos. Just type in Green Eggs and Dan in YouTube. Like and subscribe, please. We need a lot of subscribers on that page. You will really enjoy it. It's a very fun element of the show. universe.